Hello and welcome to this special Generation Gap show, which was recorded at Whipsnade Zoo. Um, if you're a regular listener, you may have heard the program a few weeks ago when Chloe and I welcomed the reopening of zoos, including particularly Whipsnade. Well, as a result of that, we were invited to go along to Whipsnade um, to talk to some of the people there, the management and staff, and of course the keepers, to find out how they've been doing now they've reopened and what it was like during the coronavirus shutdown, which lasted for 13 weeks for the zoo. And so it's quite a long time. Anyway, um, a bit later, we'll go into that and you can hear what we found out. Uh, just a little introduction to the zoo. For those of you who don't know, um, Whipsnade Zoo is run by the Zoological Society of London, which also runs London Zoo, of course. And ZSL, as it's known, is actually one of the oldest scientific research organisations in the world. It was founded in 1826 by Sir Thomas Raffles, the same as Sir Thomas Raffles, who founded the country of Singapore, in fact, which is why Raffles Club there is so famous. Some of the early members of the society will tell you the sort of organisation it was. For example, it was the very first meeting was chaired by Joseph Banks, or Sir Joseph Banks, who was the person who went with Captain Cook on his expeditions to Australia and brought back all the various um, flowers and plants and animals from Australia. And a later member was, of course, Sir Charles Darwin, who in fact one time um, brought back some giant tortoises which lived in London Zoo for many years until actually literally only a few years ago. So Whipsnade opened in 1931 and it was the world's first open zoological park because it's huge. It's got 600 acres there and uh, between London and Whipsnade, they have something like 20,000 different animals and other creatures living in the zoo. So it's an amazing place and uh, we went there on a day which turned out to be the hottest day of the year. So it was a fantastic time to go and look around. We spoke to a number of the uh, keepers there and uh, we'll introduce you to those as we go along. Now the first person we met at the zoo was Claire who is the deputy team leader for the birds section and she knows everything you could possibly want to know about birds. Uh, my name is Claire. I'm a deputy team leader on the bird section here at Whipsnade Zoo. Uh, I've been here for just over eight years. I started as a volunteer when I was still at university. Uh, got a job. I was lucky enough to get a job um, right when I left university and then I've worked my way up ever since. Um, I've been on the bird section the whole time. Um, birds are something that I've become really passionate about. I think my favourite thing about them is that you start off and they sometimes are just little brown birds in the distance but you get to know their characters and their little quirks and each bird species gives you something unique. Um, at the start of this year in March when COVID-19 hit the UK and the government announced a lockdown, here at the zoo we were pretty worried initially. We've never closed the zoo before and they were talking about it being closed for quite an extended period of time with, with no definite time for reopening. So it was a worrying time here for us um, at the start of lockdown. It was very strange the first week I would say when we were out working around in the zoo and there were just no visitors. It was really eerily quiet. Um, the animals didn't seem to notice um, too much of a change. Um, but they did start to get brave in some ways, just using parts of their enclosures during the day that they maybe didn't use before. Uh, but I think it was probably the strangest for the keepers, just not having people around. 
um, and not only the quietness but it's also nice for keepers to chat to visitors throughout the day we really enjoy telling them about our animals so I think a lot of keepers really miss that um, for us on the bird section we were entering our busiest time of year so we were all gearing up for our breeding season quite a lot of our birds are really important from and have a high conservation value so we tried to breed those throughout the summer months um, so in some respects the the zoo being quiet really helped with that um, our flamingos so far this year have been doing a really excellent job at breeding they've made more nests than they ever have before and have laid more eggs than they ever have before so that might be due to how quiet the zoo was at the start of their breeding season but either way we're really pleased with the progress they're making this summer and it has been great once everyone started to come back. Um, the flamingo enclosure is probably one of the best places to be for visitors interacting with the animals because everyone just loves how pink they are and everyone's so amazed um, at how vibrant a color they are. And seeing them on their nest and, and being quite active on their nest site is always a great thing to talk to visitors about as well. Um, during lockdown though, we, we were quite busy at the start of our breeding wattle crane chicks with a different species of crane, the red crown crane. And that was quite a major project for our team at the start of lockdown, which involved working quite closely with the red crank cranes um, and helping them set up to rear a, a fostered wattle crane chick. Um, having the zoo quiet for that was quite useful, just so we could keep up our bird observations and make sure everything was progressing well. But again, now that the visitors are back, it's really great to see them watching the young wattle crane chick with its foster parents. Um, and that's a bird that's doing quite well. We're really, really pleased that that one's hatched and that we've been successful rearing that one this year. Um, I think for, for me, lockdown was quite a strange experience personally because um, so many people, friends and family were either furloughed or working from home, but not much really changed for me. And I think maybe a lot of keepers would stay, say the same. I kept getting up for work every morning, driving into work on empty motorways, um, and coming home at the, uh, at the end of a long day's work um, to find my partner who was working from home getting slowly and slowly more crazy having not seen anyone but for me I kept seeing the same people every day, the same team and even though we were trying our best to socially distance throughout lockdown it was, it was a bit strange sort of everyone else having this really um, surreal experience for them and, and things just sort of ticked along here at the zoo for the keeping staff since we've reopened after lockdown, the animals, I think, for the most part, seem to have reacted quite well to it. Um, for us on the bird section, uh, the birds tend to mostly ignore visitors at this time of year because they're all so busy doing their own thing with nests and chicks. Um, and a lot of the big mammals, from what I've seen, um, have been doing okay as well. Although as a bird keeper, I must say I'm not too interested in what the lions and the tigers and the giraffes are doing. Um, I'm all about my little small little birds that no one can ever really see. <laughs> um, from being out and about around the zoo speaking to visitors, I feel like for the most part people are enjoying their experience back at the zoo. A lot of people I think are just glad to be able to come back. Some of our regular visitors have really missed being away and it's been really nice on sort of social media to see how many people were so excited to come back in the first week or two. Um, it seems like it's a, a pretty nice experience as well going around the zoo. I haven't heard too many people who have had many frustrations. Everyone seems to be quite happy to socially distance as best as they can. Um, it's quite a different experience around some of our enclosures. For example, at the penguins, 
we now have a queuing system in place to get into the enclosure. I know sometimes in the morning the queue can be quite long, but everyone seems to be in a really positive and, and happy attitude and are happy to wait their turn to go in the enclosure and see the penguins. They're definitely a favourite amongst, I think, probably all the visitors that come. Um, so for the most part, as you go around the zoo, things have definitely changed and people are trying to do their best with all the COVID-19 precautions we've got in place, but it seems to be a fairly positive attitude from what I've seen. next person we spoke to was Alex Cliff, who is the team leader of the ectotherms. And if you don't know what ectotherms are, they're animals which basically control their blood temperature and examples of things like the iguana or a tree frog. I have to tell you, I didn't know what that word meant when you first said it either. Hello, my name is Alex Cliff. I'm the team leader of Ectotherms at Whipsnade Zoo. Um, I've been here for 18 years. I worked at London Zoo for 12 years and the last six years at Whipsnade Zoo. Um, and one of the things we've been doing over lockdown is keeping the animals going um, during this time of uh, lockdown. And uh, it's been unprecedented with uh, being off four months without any visitors, but uh, our duties have not changed. So during the three month, three to four month period, our commitment to keeping the animals fed, watered, uh, the exhibits maintained, and also the grounds maintained to a high standard um, while the visitors weren't here, um, which has been unprecedented for a lot of people. Uh, but it's given us a lot of time to reflect on the importance of ZSL in this time of um, austerity and uncertainty that um, the visitors are the, the key mechanism to keep ZSL going um, to drive our conservation values, support our animals and to just keep the conservation initiatives um, supported throughout this time. So when we came back from the closing of the, uh, the zoo um, last month, what we found is that the visitors have had a massive impact on not only the, the uh, uh, zoo engagement with the animals, the money that's coming back into ZSL now is having a positive impact on how we can then further our conservation work um, at ZSL. And it's been nice to see people coming back. You know, we've all been locked down in our houses for such a, an unprecedented amount of time. And ZSL, Whipsnade Zoo, is a fantastic zoo to provide the openness, um, the animals to just to enjoy the experiences of seeing the, these animals um, firsthand again. And uh, all we've had is just positive feedback from the visitors um, when they've come back to the zoo. And uh, we can't wait to keep it going with more developments as we, we move forward. But the main thing is to keep the visitors going, um, to keep them supported through this lockdown. We've made some incredible uh, measures to conform to the COVID um, restrictions and that has been the utmost priority for the visitors and also the staff as well. And I think that the measures we put in place have been excellent and uh, we are always listening to the guidelines from the government and changing in accordance to those guidelines that are given to us. So that was our absolute priority when we opened the zoo and we will continue to do that throughout this period of time. So with being a team leader at Whipsnade Zoo, our primary duty is to manage the team and there are a number of team leaders here. So there are eight team leaders, each cater for a certain taxa. And I look after the ectotherms, which is a division of taxa of fish, reptiles, amphibians, and invertebrates. So 
So that's my primary duty, to look after those animals in the aquarium and the butterfly house and also the team underneath me. But also we have a duty to manage the site from a zoological manager perspective so that we will have rotated in slots to oversee the zoo um, in the times when our zoological manager is not here. So that gives us a great uh, oversight of how the zoo operates. You work quite closely with the other teams and the other animals as well. So it's such a varied job because you can get quite blinkered in your own work, but then we have the opportunity to then work across the whole site with the animals and the animal team to really support them uh, and give them any guidance if necessary. Could you just quickly go into like um, obviously the differences now between like when you're in lockdown and then what's changed for you personally in mm -hmm. regards? Because obviously you said there's a number of different team leaders, what they also then cover. Is there anything that's uh, changed from their, what they've had to do in lockdown to what they've had to do now with patrons now around? Is there like has there been a major shift in that? We have with the when we opened to the public with the conditions in place for um, COVID, we had to make extra measures to support. Um, those uh, conditions so there's a lot of areas where there are public viewing areas um, indoor facilities and pinch points so we've had to give extra support in those areas to mitigate any potential risks or gatherings so that's one of the priorities from an operational side is to give uh, visitors reassurance that there is people there to police areas uh, and also there for um, guidance as well because there's a lot of areas that are um, restricted and opening so then it's just giving guidance where else is going to be open um, but that's probably one of the main things is to try and adapt to those situations of uh, sorry conditions of um, the COVID uh, lockdown uh, over the last three months. But with the changes in place, I would say that the, probably the most prominent thing is just getting the visitors back in. That was the main thing for us to have in. And that has been a nice morale boost for the keepers and also the other staff at ZSL. We've had a lot of people that have been furloughed and self-isolating but that's starting to change now. So well-being of staff has been an absolute priority for us as well to keep um, everyone going in this uncertain times. Obviously, as well, you said, when you opened up, you were overwhelmed by the amount of people because it was incredible. Like the fact that you had so many people booking up was like months in advance, which was amazing. But like during the time of lockdown, did you get a lot of support? Like, Because well, I know you were doing the, um, the videos um, showing like the kids what the animals were up to and the keepers talking about like, what was the kind of response you were getting during the lockdown from people? That was a really positive response because obviously there was a lot of restrictions of who could come on site. So the keepers took it upon themselves to create little quirky videos of animal encounters, quirky behaviours, training enrichment. Um, I did a little promotional video for the aquarium in lockdown. So it gave a real personal first-hand experience to visitors to see what they're missing unfortunately but it gives them um, the opportunity to look at what we will be having when we open again so the keepers and also the press team have been brilliant in that time of lockdown to try and promote all of the taxa um, as best we can and that has had a real positive impact on visitors saying I can't wait to get back and that generated a lot of interest to then start pre-booking their tickets um, and it was unprecedented and we can't thank the visitors enough with uh, the support we've had from them but also just the, the overwhelming um, uh, financial side as well there's been ex excellent um, feedback on donations um, which has been integral to us keep going in this uncertain time. Brilliant and um, 
Also, in regards, I was saying to the bird keepers um, pair as well earlier, um, in regards to like the animals' reactions um, to you know people not being here, people being here. You working with the um, animals in the aquarium and, and the butterflies? Did they, they seem to notice any difference? Because like, because also as well, I don't know if, uh, because there were less people here that you felt the need to go in a bit more, so they felt there was a bit more presence. Yeah, I think that the the keepers had a, more of an engagement with the animals just to give them that stimulus. Um, we do a lot of training and enrichment to stimulate our animals, but I think the the interactions uh, with visitors is key. You know, um, that was one thing that we had to sort of supplement in this time of lockdown. So we've seen we've just seen a positive impact with the animals and the, and the visitors, and it's it's been like a a, a two way street. You know, the, the visitors get a, a buzz of seeing the animals again, but also the animals do engage with the visitors as well. So I think it's been a nice symbiosis. Uh, between the animals and our visitors, for sure. During the lockdown, the both zoos' um, expenditures still stayed the same. So there's a lot of operational costs that were still consistent throughout the lockdown. So even though we were trying to um, keep our overheads down with staffing and furloughing and self-isolation, the main drive to keep the zoos going is the animals. So supporting the animals, feeding, watering them, keeping the exhibits up to a high standard, the general maintenance, um, also the groundwork of keeping uh, everything up to high standards, that still had to go on. And it's calculated around £1 million has to be spent supporting the animals over both sites. So that's both London Zoo and Whipsnade Zoo. So that didn't change. So that's why all of the fundraising that we've had from visitors has been overwhelming and that has been greatly received because without that we would be in a different situation so we can't thank the visitors enough uh, members patrons everyone else supporting ZSL and is that a million is that a month or a, a month yes a million pounds a month which is incredible um, but this, this that's why it's so important to keep that revenue going so we do we have set up some fundraising initiatives so we have the um, Just Giving page on the ZSL website. So if you go to zsl.org forward slash Just Giving, um, and that will show you the rationale for the fundraising, what it goes to, um, and that has been an important drive. And on the back of that, we've had our very own Sir David Attenborough supporting ZSL during this lockdown in these unprecedented times, and he's endorsed himself to try and um, facilitate the fundraising campaign even further. Um, he's been an absolute um, miles, uh, cornerstone for ZSL and him helping with the fundraising campaign has been such an overwhelming response and it just hits home how, how important the animals but also our in-situ and ex-situ conservation initiatives that we have at ZSL across both sides and across the world. So we can't thank Sir David enough with his endorsed support throughout this time. Well, after hearing about the uh, flamingos and so much interesting information, we thought we'd better have a quick look at them. And so we went over to visit their um, big lake. Hmm. Um... Yeah, so at the moment we are currently looking at the flamingos, which we've been informed they have successfully gotten 14 eggs this year, which is a major difference for the past years, where they've only managed to get one or two. Um, they are very pretty. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, really. They're pink. They're pink. They are pink. Definitely pink. Definitely pink. Yeah.
we had a chance to see several animals. We went along to see the giraffes, who are also mm-hmm. one of the most popular, I believe. Yeah. Um, and what is it about them you like? I mean, I suppose they're very elegant, aren't they? The sort of patterns and so on. They just look really, really pretty. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh- I mean, I, I could say every animal there is my favourite, to be honest. I mean, they're all so lovely, but the giraffes, I mean, what, what I just love about them is, yeah, their elegance, their, uh, their grace, and um, and just, just how calm they seem. Like, when we saw them that day, we had one of the baby giraffes sat right by the gate, so it was, like, pretty close to us, and and it's, I, I just I just like their whole nature about them, and, and, and yeah, just, just how calm, like, a calming influence they, give, they exude out. Because I remember a few years ago being there and seeing that there'd been a new um, baby giraffe mm. and they gave the details of how much it weighed and how much, how high it was. Mm. And I noticed that it was actually taller than me now as a grown-up. Yes. <laughs> when it was born. <laughs> I think, yeah. Ooh, that's, well, that's I think with giraffes as well, when they're born, I think I'm right in saying this, um, obviously when they're born, the giraffe is stood and they fall from a great height and hit the floor. Apparently they need to fall that height so they can start their heart. So if you watch a giraffe give birth, it looks really brutal by the way they fall out and hit the ground. You're like, oh my god, it's probably dead. But they need that impact to get their heart going and, and to and to be alive. It's basically like how nurses sometimes slap babies on the ass to get them uh, to cry. That's the same thing with this. I think they always do that. I was going to say that's the, that's the equivalent to that, but they don't need a nurse. Yes. No, they don't. They just they just <laughs> okay. they get on with it. No problem there. Get on with it by themselves. <laughs> so next we spoke to Holly Bestley, who is a senior learning officer at the um, zoo, and she also does a lot of press and publicity stuff. You'll see a video of her on their website, for example. Um, and she told us about a number of things there. What it's been like. Uh, during the lockdown and afterwards and also about some of the educational things that she does for school children and and young people. So my name is Holly Bestley and I am uh, one of the senior learning officers here at Whipsnade Zoo. Um, So our our job has changed fairly a lot with with the Covid situation. I mean um, when we first went into lockdown we we, we run all the education workshops with school groups that come to visit but um, when the lockdown hit, obviously no more school groups coming to visit, so a lot of our team got kind of scattered to the winds doing lots of different jobs in the engagement team. Some of them went to work on keeper sections to help out with them. So we had some, if we had some shield, some keepers that were shielding, some of our keepers have moved on to the animal sections to help out there instead. Um, I've been doing a lot of kind of press work, helping, um, we've had a documentary being filmed uh, during the, the lockdown. Um, about kind of life life at the zoo during lockdown which will be coming out later in the year which will be a really interesting thing to see um but the zoo was i mean we were shut for 13 weeks in all which is the longest time whipsnade zoo has ever been closed and the um, and the only time that london zoo has been closed since the uh, second world war um, and even then london zoo was only closed for a matter of days before it was it was the government asked it to reopen to kind of boost public morale so you know it just shows you the kind of importance of the, the zoo setting for for the public um, and you could see that on on opening day when we reopened when we had a queue of people at the gates and it was um it was quite emotional actually to be up there and to see the first people coming back in after after 13 weeks of of, of nothing um and lots of kids excited to go to the zoo again it's just a really really lovely thing to see that we'd you know all been missing um because because that's what the zoo is for you know it's it's we, we all work here because we we love the animals we look after but we all work at a zoo because we believe that these animals should be there to to, to edu- educate people and engage people in in conservation and and in the threat they're facing in the wild and so to have the zoo but have it closed is just not it's not what any of us want to see um so it's been glorious having people back in and it's been lovely to see the support that whipsnade has amongst the local community i mean during lockdown we just we had so many local uh local 
local families, uh, local villages doing doing their own zoo. There was a, lo- a local village that did the, um, people made their own enclosures in their front gardens, and you went on a tour and they raised money that way. Loads of people doing various fundraising activities for us, which has been fantastic to see, um, and just to see the outpouring of love that Whipsnade has, you know, around here has been really lovely and really and really encouraging for everyone that works here. Um, you know, they've been been working very very hard. All the keepers that they can't they can't take lockdown they can't take lockdown off they can't go on furlough just because the zoo is closed doesn't mean the animals go away so they have been they've been working ever so hard to kind of keep things going um and so yeah the support we've had has been fantastic because in terms of you know financially it's just been a really worrying time for zsl um that is our main income stream both of our two zoos um and so to have them both shut throughout some key um, some key times of year we, we were shut over Easter holidays we were shut over uh, two bank holiday weekends um, a half term it, those are our key kind of revenue times um, and so it was really it's been a really concerning time and that and that has been why fundraising has been such a big push um, and so to have to have the zoos open again has been amazing um, and we we're, we're we're operating on a slightly reduced capacity um, here at the zoo but luckily that has been fully booked um, for the next few months, which is really great. But it's not, it's not, it hasn't fixed it yet. That, that is fantastic. The money's coming back in, but it's not, there's a long way to go yet to kind of backfill all of the money that we lost throughout the, the three months, nearly three months that we were shut. Um, so that's why the fundraising campaign is such an important, an important thing that we have going at the moment. That's why it's so, it's so valuable to have someone like Sir David Attenborough supporting us. Um, all of the comedians that have been supporting us with the, the recent, um, the recent ad- advert that we put out. Um, and there's a, there's a long way to go. So anyone's support that, that they can give is, is will be hugely valuable to us and hugely appreciated um, because we're not quite out of the woods yet. Um, though, though it is lovely on a day like today when it's the blazing sunshine to, to see so many people in the zoo enjoying the animals again is really, really lovely. Um, for, for myself, um, it's been really lovely that in the last couple of weeks I've been able to restart teaching again. I've been able to restart our Zoo Academy course, which is one of our uh, practical, one of our vocational learning courses that we run for 15 to 17 year olds, um, where they come in for eight days and they do, they get a taster of what it is to be a zookeeper, basically, and do lots of different tasks with different animal groups, which is a lovely thing to run. Um, we've had to change it a lot to um, to fit in with COVID regulations um, in terms of, you know, hand washing stations, foot dips, overalls, face masks, gloves, all of that. Um, but we've managed to make it work and the first cohort really, really enjoyed it. Um, and just, yeah, to have kids back in the zoo again enjoying it and the zoo being used for what it's you know what it's here for is it's really encouraging and it's yeah it's it's everything's kind of going in the right direction which is lovely um because lockdown though it was lovely and peaceful in the zoo it was it was quite eerie um and not not how it should be really and um, when do you run the zoo academy um do you are like is it like over some holidays and like how many people do you take on what, what's the numbers and the dates for them so we run Zoo Academy up here at Whipsnade. Um, we run three courses over the summer holidays. So it's a Monday to Friday, then Monday to Wednesday. That's one course. And then the week after, the next two weeks after that. So the next course starts on Monday, Monday the 3rd. And then we have another one starting on Monday, I think it's the 17th. Um, and then we run it throughout September as well on Saturdays. Um, to the eight Saturdays sequentially um, so it's definitely something that people if you if you have kids that are passionate about working with animals it's a, an amazing course to book onto um, and we're, we're so pleased to be able to offer it again. 
We have spent the day wandering around Whipsnade Zoo on a glorious Friday afternoon. And I must say, the atmosphere that is here is absolutely astounding. I mean, you can tell within the patrons, within the animals and within the keepers that everyone here is just so happy to be back. And one thing I really want to point out is just how wonderful the staff here are with the keepers and the and the team that we've met throughout the day just in passing, but also who we've got to know today because they are all genuinely dedicated to their work to the animals and to the upkeep of keeping the zoo going so my suggestion is to anyone at home who's been running up the walls wanting to go do something or go somewhere may I suggest definitely go popping down to your local Whipsnade Zoo because I think it's a brilliant day out and you'll be supporting a brilliant cause and and seeing amazing animals so that would be my sum up. Okay, and then I think uh, the other animals we saw um, was the flamingos, well, yes. birds, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think we actually recorded it in the interview, but um, Claire, the bird handler there, or bird manager, she uh, was telling us something about flamingos because she'd been doing a lot of um, work during the lockdown, mm-hmm. um, mo- moving eggs around, and she was saying how they sort of smuggled eggs in and switched them over for various reasons. Yeah. And I was quite fascinated by the idea of how you sort of distract a bird sitting on an egg. So it sort of gets up a minute, you switch over the eggs and they don't notice. Well, yeah, so it doesn't interrupt because I think what's so important about what the zoo does for all of the animals, but obviously we got to speak to Claire about the birds, is the fact that they are doing everything possible to not intervene with nature. Obviously, they want that. the whole point of the zoo is to create new life and to keep the animals going so they don't become extinct. But at the same time, they don't want to interrupt with what nature's doing. So with in regards to the flamingos, like sometimes they 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 don't look after the birds as well. So the zoo takes it upon themselves to swap the eggs out to look after the flamingos, but give them a dummy egg. So they still feel like they're being parents so that when the chick is eventually born, they'll still be attached to what they believe is their baby. And it is, but you know, they just swapped out during the nursing time. I think they also said that um, they introduced a number of extra birds in because the ones they had weren't breeding um, in very big numbers. Mm. And so they, they sort of put in some other birds and they, they over a period of a year or two, they got them used to all the rest of the herd. I suppose it's a herd, is it? I never mm. get the right words for these things. A flock, perhaps, of flamingos. Yeah, maybe a flock. Know. Yeah, I think a flock maybe sounds a flock. better flock sounds better um there's probably a special word for it we don't know yeah um, but they, they did this and then um suddenly those i think six or seven new ones actually all produced eggs and so they actually added quite a lot of extra little ones this year yeah they yeah they did i mean it, it's, it's quite brilliant really because i think even though it has been awful like financially for a lot of these businesses including the zoo or during the coronavirus at least it's been like the keepers have had their full undivided attention on the animals and I think even though I'm sure they wouldn't want that repeated again that they, they gave them a chance just to really give all their time and attention to the animals and, and not so much about the general public but then at the same time they did like those brilliant videos on Facebook and they um, and they were keeping us up to date with what the animals were doing every day but you know at the same time being able to give them uh, their time which was brilliant. Yes, I got the impression that they'd they'd also learned a few things so that in future years they might discreetly move some animals away from the public for a little period, that sort of thing. Well, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I wouldn't blame. I think any animal lover, for the sake of the animal, would completely agree with that idea. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else you um, remember particularly? Because I, I, I remember the bear, the bears. Because I always like the brown yeah. bears. Yeah, you do like the They're, bears, don't you? They, they do, and they look very cuddly. But of course, they're about ten foot high, so that wouldn't <laughs> really 
want to go and cuddle one. No. Um, but when I was there, it was a very hot day, of course, and yeah. they were basically having a bath and enjoying it. And they were sort of splashing water over each other in the way little um, babies would in a bath as well. It was quite funny. Mm. Um, so, uh, again, it's that sort of human-type characteristics, I think, is what really attracts us to some of these animals, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for me, I remember the zebras because they, they were also explaining as well during lockdown that the animals were exploring different parts of their cages that they wouldn't normally go near or different parts of uh, the areas that they wouldn't normally go near, maybe because there was less people around and, and they just thought, oh, you know, why it's quiet, I'll have a quick look. And uh, because of that, I think they found new favourite places to stand and, and to hang out. And where, where we saw the zebras, they were so close. Again, you're just so close to the, the barrier, more close than I've ever seen them before. So maybe the lockdown has made them miss people and think, oh, I'll get a bit closer this time. I don't know. And the zebras also had a little baby, didn't they, who was very cute. They did, yes. There's loads of babies there at the moment. It's very, like, very cute, <laughs> like an overhaul of cuteness. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that obviously they have babies <clears throat> same time every year. Yeah. Um, but, but I think this year, because obviously of lockdown, no one saw any of them. So suddenly no. you could go around and look at them. They didn't have many signs up about the babies. They usually have signs saying, you know, a new one, a new zebra has been born on this day and weighed this much and it's called so-and-so because they give them mm. names. Um, I think also what I'd like to say as well, just how brilliant the zoo was going along with the coronavirus ruling and um and and the efforts they put into place to look after their guests and um and the effort like there was like, really cute signs everywhere like with the animals on saying like you know please don't go this way they made sure there was like one way um routes as well so people wouldn't bump into one another uh the social distancing they made very aware and they had cute little animal prints on the floor to make clear that if you're waiting in line this was a distance you had to stay apart and like there was hand sanitizing areas everywhere and uh but no i thought i thought the way the staff carried themselves as well because the staff were just so lovely as well they were all all of them that worked there were just all had smiles on their faces just really lovely genuine people and they obviously really care about you know the welfare of the animals and and making guests feel comfortable and happy to come look around and all of that it just I think it is so important when you go to a place like this to know that everybody there really enjoys being there and everyone you know really cares about what they do because it really makes the whole place feel a lot more warm and a lot more happy right so you love penguins and we oh, did go and see them we did go and see them in fact holly told us i think that the penguins were the most popular attraction mm -hmm. and that's possibly why they're so far away from the entrance because i think you have to go quite a long way out into the sort of right at the top of the hill don't you to see the penguins yeah well you could tell like when we when we when we were there we were like well, by the time we started walking around it's like peak time of the day there was a long queue to get in i mean the queue didn't take too long to get in but there was a lot of people waiting to go see the penguins because they're obviously very popular and then when we did get in, it was actually only quite a small number of people there. I mean, it's quite a long yeah. area. You can sort of stand alongside the pool mm. and um, you probably could get 20 or 30 people. But I think they were keeping it down to about 10 or 12. Yeah, there wasn't many in there. What is it about penguins that you like so much? Well, I don't know. I just kind of like their character and just and just the way they are. Like, you know, I think just the way they look and how, you know, they've, they've constantly got a penguin suit on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're just they're just so sweet and um and I just I like I like the little facts about them like out in the wild um the male penguin when he's trying to mate and and uh, and make a good impression to the girl he'll he'll go across the the beach and find the perfect pebble to give to her as a gift I mean that's just adorable that's like chivalrous that's adorable 
Right. Okay. So, but I mean, it's really putting those sort of human qualities onto the animals. Yeah. And... Yeah. I think because like, like so many animals, obviously they're, they're animals and they and they get on with it. But with penguins, I don't know they just have that little bit of class, you know. And it's just, good on you, mate. <laughs> they should have top hats as well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I also just like the team between the penguins, like you know, with the male and female, it's quite equal. Like you know, the the female will give birth to the egg, but the male will carry the egg and look after it as much as she will, and um, and carry it for like miles and you know and so there's a real team building between them well so many of the other animals just kind of leave the female to it and just wander off again you know with the penguins they actually are mates and they are actually sticking together and i just think that's really sweet oh real equality in the wild that's amazing yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay well thanks chloe and um right it was it was a really good day and i think perhaps um, we, we may get another invitation i think perhaps to go and see them later and after a few months it might be more interesting to see what else has happened and how they've been doing because i think um mm-hmm. although everyone's very happy they're still obviously yes. worried about money because they lost so much money over the um, period of three or four months and they had, to, they had to keep feeding the animals they had to keep paying for the food and if you know how much a lion eats in a day yeah. you'll get some idea i think they've got over twenty thousand animals they're not all quite as hungry as lions yes. probably but um it's certainly quite a daunting task to keep it all going anyway thanks very much and uh, we'll speak to you again soon no doubt now whipsnade zoo as we said of course has um been trying to raise some money for zsl um during the lockdown they lost all the money they normally get from people coming into the two zoos that's a lot of money it was millions of pounds so they're trying to replace that millions now by a fundraising appeal and if you want to help you can do several things you can just go to the zsl website which is zsl.com and you can uh, go there and donate you can also go to their Just Giving page, which is justgiving.com forward slash ZSL. And obviously you can make a donation there. But the other thing which I recommend actually is a different thing to do is why don't you join the society as a member? Um, for membership, you get um, the opportunity to go to the zoos, either of them, as many times as you like during the 12 month period. And obviously the cost of that is a lot less than if you had to pay each time. In fact, I think the cost of membership for a year is only slightly more than two costs of visits. So if you think you might go to the zoos more than twice a year, then basically you save some money as well. So try that and uh, join them. And you also get colour magazines and things every month and lots of invitations to go to other events. So it's well worth doing if you're interested in animals, interested in the zoo and interested in keeping this wonderful institution going. Thank you very much. Anyway, I'm Clive Glover, and you've been listening to this special edition of the Generation Gap show, um, which has come to you from Whipsnade Zoo. So I'd like to give a few thanks to people who helped us on this project. Um, Thank you particularly to Holly, who arranged the visit for us, and she looked after us so well uh, during the day. Um, She also took us round to um, speak to Claire and to Alex. Thanks very much to them as well. And thanks very much to Chloe, who I think now wants to be a a penguin keeper after seeing how she looked when we went to visit the penguins during the visit. Thank you for listening to this programme. And don't forget, you can also listen to the Generation Gap show anytime from all our podcasts on radioverulam.com forward slash podcasts.